Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop, and I am the administrative pastor here at Church in the Valley. And I'm uh, excited to be with you this morning as we kick off our series called Built to Last, where we're going to take a look at how can we build a life in a way that focuses on what's truly important in life. You know, we, want, we all want things that are built to last. Um, whenever I'm going to buy, buy something, I want to check out the reviews. I want to check out um, and see what's going to be the, the best thing to get. This last Christmas, I asked for money because I wanted to be able to um, play stuff on my phone through my car, my car speakers. So because I asked for money, I knew, okay, I got one shot this year to get it right because I'm going to have to ask for money again next year if I don't get it right. So I, I researched. I probably over-researched and spent too much time trying to figure out what's going to be the best thing for my car so that I can listen to my phone, so that I can maximize the potential of my drive when I'm in the morning. Um, so I, I, I wanted, I, I checked out, there's FM transmitters, there's, there's all kinds of different things. I, I finally settled on, on what I what I wanted, and I like it so far. It's only been a couple days, but I'll, you know, we can talk about it afterwards if you want. But the reason I did that is because I've lived with purchases that I, I, I realized, you know what, that wasn't, that wasn't really the best decision. These shoes, for example, for a year, now I've had them for a year and a half. The first year, I really wasn't that happy with them. I, now, this might be too much information, but I have eczema, so if I, if I have shoes that rub or the wrong way, then it's just uncomfortable. The first year, I, I didn't like these shoes. It, they, the, but then I figured out the secret. Cushioned socks. Cushioned socks make these shoes a, a good purchase. But for the first year, I was just I was bummed out that I got them. Um, so we, we all want products in our life and we spend time researching and, and trying to figure out what's the, the best thing that I can buy with the money that I have. We want them that, that are, they're going to last and marketing companies. They know this. They know that, that we want things that are quality and that they're going to last. So they, they stamp their products with the ironclad lifetime guarantee. They, they say, this is it. This is going to do it for you. Or, you know, Ford trucks, they have the slogan, built Ford tough. Just the idea that it's going to last. It's going to, it's going to happen through anything. In businesses, we want businesses. We want those to last the, through time. There's a book called Built to Last by Jim Collins where he, he takes a look at, at why companies have survived for, for a long, the long haul. And then we're also just concerned about our own personal longevity. There's a magazine called Longevity Magazine, and you can subscribe to that to try to figure out how can I live the longest life possible. Despite all of the lifetime guarantees on, on products or our focus on, on trying to pick the right thing, products, they break down over time. People, our bodies, they break down over time. And while we spend this time focusing on, on uh, living here and now, a lot of times we don't talk about the most important question. And that is, what happens when we die? In the busyness of life, we, we might not stop to really think about this question that much because we're, we're focused on, on our to-do list today. We've got a lot of things that we've got to get done, or we're focused, we're excited about our next meal that's coming up, or um, we've we got a big purchase that we're trying to figure out what to do. 
or just we, we're just it's a busy season. Now, at the beginning of the year, it's a lot of times we, we look forward to the year ahead and we plan. What am I going to spend my time on this year? But a lot, for a lot of us, we stop short of asking the question, what is going to happen to me after my time on earth is done? King Solomon in Ecclesiastes 7 2, the old book in the Old Testament, said, It's better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, for death is the destiny of everyone. The living should take this to heart. Now, King Solomon, he wasn't, he wasn't a, a, a sadistic man just taking pleasure in going to a house of mourning, but what he's saying here is that when we go to that house of mourning, we contemplate, we think about the things that are truly important. In life, And he's saying that because he knows that our view of our final destination impacts the way that we live and the choices that we make right now. There's a lot of different views on what happens after this life. Some believe this, this is it. This is all there is. This life is, is it. You die and then, and then it's over. If that's your view, then you're going to live this life like this is it. You're going to just do all you can to maximize your joy and your pleasure in this, in this lifetime. Some believe in reincarnation. We live this life and then we come back in the future. And based on how we live this life, then it, we're in a better place or, or, or not. If you believe that, that would make me real paranoid to live exactly right in this life. Others take the Bible's view on the final destination of people. That people last forever in one of two places. You either live forever in heaven or you live forever in hell. Each of these views leads you to think and to act in different ways. No matter where you're at this morning, maybe um, you, you don't fully believe in the Bible's view on eternity and, and what it's, it's about. And that's perfectly fine. We're glad that you're here with us this morning. I want you just to, to take the, this time to really investigate what the Bible has to say about eternity and to see if that's something that you're going to really believe for yourself. But we're going to spend some time this morning taking a look at at a passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians in the New Testament in the Bible, and we're going to really look at what the Bible has to say about eternity and the impact and the, the importance that that has for us. 2 Corinthians was a book that was written by a man named Paul. Paul started a, a bunch of, of churches, and he was an early church planner. And this particular uh, book in the Bible is a letter to one of those churches. And it's a, a letter to a church in the Greek city, um, which was known for its wealth, its diversity, but then also its immorality. So Paul is writing this letter to this church, and he's warning them. He's, he's telling them, um, some really deep, rich theological truths to help them so that, that these choices and their actions that they're, they're making don't lead to just a, a really difficult and, and a, bad, a bad time. So he, he's starting out here um, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10, and he's talking to people who have already made Jesus the Lord of their life. So these are Christ followers. And it's a fairly long passage that we're looking at. This morning, so we're going to read all the way through it, and then we're going to come back to it, and we're going to take sections of it. But this first read through just kind of give you an overall um, summary of, of what Paul w- was talking about. Now he's going to refer to tent in the first line here, and the tent that he's referring to—that's our physical bodies. He's using a metaphor here 
Um, just wanted to point that out as we get, we get started. So 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10 says, For we know that if the tent, which is our earthly home, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked, for while we are still in this tent we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each, each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. The first major theme that we see here is that we, and the we is Christ followers, long for eternity. Second Corinthians 5, 1 Corinthians 5.1 says, For we know that if the tent, which is our earthly home, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Paul is saying with confidence, we know that when we die, we have a home that waits for us. He's using the, the word tent there um, as, as a metaphor, and he was actually a tent maker, so it's really true to him, but he's using the word tent there as a, as a way to say this life is temporary. This body that we live in, it, it's, it's a temporary body. That's something to get excited about for eternity. This is a temporary body. This week, I have just had aches and pains like crazy with the weather changing and everything. I had back surgery in high school, and, and my body, it just aches. It hurts um, this, this week. I'm, I'm excited uh, for, for when I don't have those aches and pains again. But Paul, he's saying with confidence, we know that this is the case. This is just a temporary life. That we're living, unlike everything else that we know here that's, that's breaking down, our cars, our, our houses, or, our whatever it is, our, our home in heaven is eternal. It lasts forever. And he goes on to say, For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed, by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further closed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Paul seems to just go on and on about this longing for eternity. He, he really, he's excited about it. And that comes across as you hear, he just keeps going on and on about it, talking about it. You ever been around somebody who, who's just been to a really good restaurant? Or maybe they found a hole-in-the-wall place. Maybe that's just my friends, I don't know. But they go on and on about it. Their, their excitement, it's contagious. They're excited about it. You think, I, I gotta go there. I gotta go try that. I gotta see what that's about. That's the impression that you're getting here from Paul. He's excited. He can't wait to put on his, his heavenly dwelling to get rid of his temporary house and, and to put it, put it on. And his excitement about eternity, it, it 
begs us to ask the question, those of us who are Christ followers, it makes us ask the question, am I longing for eternity like Paul is? Some of you might be here today and you're going through some difficult times. And so you can think, yeah, I'm longing for eternity right now. I'm ready to be there. Maybe life's going pretty well for you. And so you're thinking, I'm not really in that, that big of a rush. I can relate to those feelings. I, I've been there. But the way that Paul talks about eternity, it, it's independent of our life situation. It's transcendent of whatever's going on in our life, whether it we're at the highest of highs or the lowest of lows. Paul is talking about he's longing to be there in eternity, whether his life's going good or bad. So the question is, why, why am I not longing for eternity the way that Paul does? There's a couple of reasons that that might be the, the case. One is you just don't believe in heaven. You don't believe in heaven the way that God talks about it in the Bible. And, and so you just think I, it's hard to be excited about something you don't believe in. Or maybe we have an inaccurate picture of what heaven really is. So we're not really that excited about it. Some might think of heaven like a, a big musical. Angels and, and harps and everybody singing. Some might think of it that way. Some might think of heaven as one big, long church service. And depending on how much you like the church service, how much you like the speaker, you, you might be excited or not excited about it. Others might, of us might think have just had some bad experiences with, with people that are in the church, and we think, I, I don't, I can't, it's hard to get excited about an eternity spent with those relational problems. Our picture of heaven is going to impact our life today. And Paul can speak confidently about longing for it, about being excited about it, because he has the right view of what heaven is. The picture of heaven that we get from the Bible is that heaven's going to be the best of earth, but only better. It will be God's original design for what, what earth was before sin, sin came into the world and, and messed it up. It's hard to even imagine what that's going to be like because all we know is, is marred and tainted by sin. Our world has disease, war, pain, broken relationships, and, and you can go on and on. But heaven has none of that. Can you even imagine what it would be like without sin, without sorrow, without death? Can you imagine relationships without struggles, just enjoying each other? No struggles, no relational strains. Can you imagine the responsibilities of, of work or, or home without the toil and just the, the hassle of it all? Can you imagine just adventure, exploration, just a sense of awe and wonder as we spend eternity with our Creator? That's the place that, that Paul, when he's talking about longing for, that's what he's talking about. It's a perfect place. It's God's original design. And he longs to be there. And I, I, that's a place I can get excited and long for as well. So we long for eternity with the, the hope and with the confidence that this life is not our final destination. Verse 5 through 8 talks about this. It says, He who has prepared for us this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are 
At home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Paul again reminds us that, that we're, this is temporary living. This is a temporary home that we're in right now. And then he says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. That's not really necessarily a popular thing in our culture today. We're taught to, to take calculated risks based on what we can see to be the outcome in a situation. We make plans and we make budgets, and those, can be, those are good things. They can be good things. But Paul is reminding us that we walk by faith, not by sight. No matter how much money we might have saved up or, or how good our life is going, how good our relationships are going today, no matter all of that stuff, there's always going to be situations throughout life where we just continually have to turn back to God and trust him. They're out of our control. There'll be financial, relational, career, whatever it may be, situations that pop up where we just have to, to look back to God and ask for his help in, to get us through the situation. Life on this side of heaven, it's just going to be continually be a faith walk. But the right view of eternity, it gives us the perspective to be able to handle whatever life situations get thrown at us. Whatever situation gets thrown at us, we can, we can seek out what God wants to do, us to do in that difficulty. We can endure it with the hope that, that one day we're not going to have to deal with this, this toil of work or the pain caused by this life or just the relational struggles or, or whatever it is that we have going on. If we have confidence in the future, then we can be upbeat and courageous about our todays. Another point that Paul makes is that what we do in the here and now, it, it really matters. Take a look at verse 9 through 10. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. It's concluded here that our view of eternity, it isn't supposed to distance us from, from the people in our lives or distance us from our responsibilities, but it's actually supposed to call us forward to live and, and do what's going to be truly productive and really matter in this life. Knowing that eternity is waiting for us means that our temporary life should be spent on the things that are going to last for all of eternity. One day we will appear before the judgment seat of Christ and answer for what we did here on earth. And this reality should motivate us to spend our time on the things that, that are going to last. Our view of eternity will impact all that we do on earth. And the, the Bible shows us how to prepare for eternity while we are still here on earth. It says only a relationship with Jesus really prepares us. For forever. The only way to an eternity spent in heaven is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at this video that, that explains the, the world that we live in and how to establish that relationship with Jesus. So we live in this world and it's characterized by brokenness. We don't have to look very hard to see there are things like disease, disasters, wars. 
There's a lot of pain in this world, but this is not God's original design. God has a perfect design. And the way that we have gotten ourselves into brokenness is through something that the Bible calls sin. Sin is turning away from God's design and pursuing our own way. And that leads us to brokenness. Brokenness eventually leads us to death. And this death will separate us from God forever. But God doesn't want us to stay in brokenness. So he's made a way out. And that way is Jesus. Jesus comes and he enters into our brokenness. And the death that we deserve for pursuing brokenness, Jesus takes our place and dies on a cross. And his body is broken for us. And three days after he dies, he rose from the dead and he made a way out of brokenness. And people try many things to get out of brokenness. Things like religion, things like success or relationships, education or drugs and alcohol. But none of these things can get us out of brokenness. The only way out is Jesus. And if we turn from our sin and believe that Jesus died for us and rose from the dead, we can leave brokenness and grow in a relationship with God and pursue his design. And more than that, we can go. We can be sent just like Jesus back into brokenness to help others come through him to pursue God's design. Now, there's two types of people in the world. There are people that are pursuing God's design, and there's people that are still in brokenness. We have to ask ourselves, where are we? So, where do you think you are? Establishing a relationship with Jesus, that's, that's the beginning. That's where we can really start to have the perspective of, of an eternity that impacts our todays. It helps us to, to choose how to do what's best today, knowing that our eternity is secure. We've all tried ways to, to fill in the, the gap that they're talking about. We've all tried ways to, to get out of the brokenness of the world that we live in, the sin that we have, but, but we can't do it without Jesus who came and lived a perfect life and died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead because he did not sin. He lived a blameless life and he conquered death so that we could have a relationship through him with God, our creator. Admitting that we have sinned, believing that Jesus Christ is who he says he was, and committing our life to live, committing to live our life the way that God wants us to, that's lined out for us in the Bible, that, that's the start to having that perspective of, of eternity that really helps us to get through whatever happens through our, our, throughout our lives. And the beginning of this relationship, it, it changes our perspective on life. And we see that in Colossians 3, 1 through 4. It talks about this. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ, if you have made Jesus the boss of your life, if you have yielded your life to him to live life God's way, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. When we yield our life to Christ, we will one day appear with him in glory. That is heaven. That's what it's talking about here. And while we live out our days on this earth, we set our minds on the things that, that are above, which allows us to pursue God's original design. And pursuing God's original design actually turns out to be the best life that we can live here on this earth. 
the rest of the series is going to take a look at how, can, how we can practically do that. We are going to take a look at how living in light of eternity, how that impacts our relationships, our decisions, our life's mission, our finances, and how we deal with trouble. Jesus Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice of dying on the cross for, for my sins and for yours. He made a way out of the brokenness for us if we choose to put our trust and our hope in him. Through him, we can one day experience creation the way that God designed it before sin entered into the world. Eternity with God in heaven is going to be relationships without struggle. It's going to be work without the toil. It's, it's going to be adventure, exploration, awe, like we've never experienced here on earth. Our view of heaven, right or wrong, is going to impact how we live our life. But imagine the joy that you can experience in this life if you have that accurate perspective of once I die, I get to go on to an eternity with Christ. You can live a life that's full of hope, knowing that death no longer is the end for you, and there's a hope. There's, There's something better for you after this life. People live forever. And if we truly believe in what is waiting for us, to be the heaven that, that's talked about in the Bible, then it opens us up to live the best life that we can possibly live today. As I wrap up the message today, I'd like to ask the band to, to come up. And um, I'd also like you to pull out your connection card that's in your program. And if you haven't finished filling it out from the announcement time, go ahead and fill out um, the rest of that as well as... Um, there's some next steps on the back of that card that you might want to take in response to the the message today. Um, The first next step that you might want to take is maybe you haven't made that decision to follow Christ, to put your hope and your trust in him. So that might be a next step that you want to take today. You can go ahead and mark that on the back of your connection card and and let us know that you're making that that decision today. Also, um, another next step might just be Come to the rest of the Built to Last message series. That might be um, a a next step that you want to do. You want to see how does this practically work out in my daily life, having this view of eternity with, with God in heaven. And then there's just a blank one there for you. Maybe something came up as we, as we, uh, had the message today and, and you just want to write that in there, um, for, for your next step this morning. Would you pray with me as we continue to worship the Lord? Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you that you have made a way for us to live um, in eternity in heaven with you. And we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. And I just ask um, that you would help us to really live in light of eternity, to long for eternity, which, which will help us to be, to be the most productive we can be today. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.